المصطفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم تلك الدار الآخرة نجعلها للذين لا يريدون علوا في الأرض ولا فسادا والعاقبة للمتقين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ما نقصت صدقة من مال وما زاد الله عبدا بعفو إلا عزا وما تواضع أحد لله إلا رفعه الله عز وجل أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسسبكتر علماء كرام brothers and elders in this very concise hadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam allah's nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentions three things and all three aspects that are mentioned in this hadith sharif all defy what we can see what our logic tells us and this is the basis of iman iman is based on the unseen firaun also brought iman on the scene when a person is in his last moments of life when he is already slipping out of this dunya then the hereafter starts becoming visible to him he starts seeing the angels of death and he starts seeing what reality is at that time even firaun brought iman amantu bi rabbi harun wa musa at that time he also said i bring iman in the rabb of musa and harun alayhi salatu wasalam but the reply he got was al ana wa qad asayta min qablu wa kunta min al mufsidin now now after the unseen has been opened out and the unseen has become seen now only you bringing iman this iman is not acceptable while you had the chance it was up to the time that the throes of death commenced now that the throes of death have commenced and the unseen has become visible it's too late so our iman is based on the unseen right at the beginning of surah baqara we commence the quran sharif allah tbarak wa taala gives us the same fundamental aspect in surah al-fatiha we are asking for hidayat ihdina as-siratal mustaqim every day every rakat of every salah we are begging allah tbaraka wa taala for guidance to the straight path so surah al-fatiha is this dua for guidance and in response to surah al-fatiha allah taala then gives us from surah al-baqarah till the end that you have asked for guidance there is your guidance your guidance is in the quran sharif and surah al-baqarah commences alif lam mim dhalikal kitabu la rayba fi hudal lil muttaqin that this book has got no doubt in it and this book is guidance for the muttaqin and who are these muttaqin alladhina yu'minuna bil ghaib the quran sharif is now starting off surah al-baqarah is in front of us and allah taala is giving this pathway of guidance and who will receive this guidance the muttaqin 
the first quality and attribute is They have iman in the unseen. Because our eyes will see many things. But our eyes cannot see beyond a certain limit. What is behind that wall we can't see. Our ears may be able to listen a little bit further. Somebody is behind the wall, we can't see him, but if he's talking, we may hear him. But if he's a little further distant away, then he'll be perhaps shouting also, but we can't hear him. And our mind may go to a certain point beyond that. We may be able to imagine things, be able to understand things which are beyond what we can see and hear. But just as our sight is limited, our hearing is limited, the mind also is limited. And it will stop at a point where it cannot fathom anything beyond that. So if a person is blind, the logical thing for him to do is that to put his hand in the hand of somebody who has sight and tell him, lead me along. I want to walk, I want to reach the masjid, or I want to go home, please guide me along. So the person with vision will know where the problems are, what to avoid, where to walk around something, what is the direction home, what is the direction to the masjid, and he will get him to reach there. So likewise, just as we are, when a person in this dunya is blind, then he takes the guidance of somebody with sight, in terms of our faculties, in terms of our mind, in terms of our understanding, we are all blind, in terms of the akhirat, in terms of the hereafter, in terms of the realities, we are all blind. And the only person with vision was Rasulullah sallallahu he saw Jannat and Jahannam with his eyes. He went for Mi'raj and saw the entire system of the universe and the heavens. And he went beyond where any angel could have reached. And he saw everything with his eyes and came back and told us what is reality. So Iman in the unseen, unquestioning faith in whatever Nabi Islam has given us. Whatever is in the Quran Sharif, whatever Nabi Islam has given, unquestioning faith. Many a times, we are looking for what is the wisdom behind something. Certain sunnat of Rasulullah sallallahu what is the wisdom behind this? Or what is the reason that this has been given? The search for the reasons is actually searching for the seen. That I will believe what I can see. And if I can't see it, I won't believe in it. So this is something which is the way of a person who doesn't have iman itself. That he will only believe what he can see. We have belief in the unseen. We have iman in the ghayb. And to the extent that this iman in the unseen is developed, that this is strengthened, then entire deen becomes very easy for a person. Everything in deen becomes easy for him. And when this is weak, what will wake a person up for fajr salah? If that iman in the unseen is weak, nothing else, nothing can wake him up. But if the iman in the unseen is strong, and that iman is there in the words of Rasulullah man sallal bardain dakhalal jannah, the one who performs the salah in the two cool hours, referring to specifically the fajr and the asr, and this doesn't mean that the maghrib, the Zuhar, Maghrib and Isha is omitted. 
if the person will perform these two salahs, which are a real challenge. Fajr is a challenge for many people. And Asr becomes a challenge. Especially in the winter months, business is now at its peak at that time of the day. And now to answer the call of the Muazzin, that becomes a challenge. And Nabi Salaam is saying that I'm seeing the unseen. And from the vision of the unseen, I'm saying, Man sallal bardain dakhalal jannah. The one who will perform the salah of the two cool hours, he'll enter jannat. So obviously, if he's going to perform these two salahs, he'll perform the others to a greater extent. Bashirul mashaina fi zulami bin nuri tammi yawm al qiyamah. Then comes the Isha Salah. It's dark. Nabi Islam is saying, Fajr also, it's dark. Nabi Islam is saying, the one who's walking in the darkness to the masjid, then give them the glad tidings of a complete nur on the day of Qiyamah. So he's walking in darkness, but his iman is in the light of the unseen. So when that iman is strengthened in the light of the unseen, that this nur is coming out of walking in this darkness now. Then he is very easy, easily able to wake up and move on to the house of Allah so to the extent that the iman in the unseen is strengthened to that extent deen becomes very easy it becomes very easy to perform salah, it becomes very easy to fast in the month of Ramadan it becomes very easy for a person to part with his wealth and pay and discharge the zakat that is compulsory upon him it becomes very easy for a person to fulfill hajj it becomes very easy for a person to give up sin. Because he understands that there's something beyond this. But if that unseen is very, very weak, then all he sees is what is in front of him. Why must I get left out? There's opportunity now. So if I don't take the opportunity now, I'll lose out. But when that iman in the unseen is strengthened, then he sees I'm not losing out. I'm gaining what the whole world can't give me. He is sacrificing the pleasure of his eye. But because that iman in the unseen is strong, so now he has that yaqeen on the hadith that Nabi Wasallam relates from Allah Ta'ala. That the one who will refrain from casting any lustful glance, Allah Ta'ala is saying, that abdaltu biha imanan yajidu halawatahu fi qalbihi. That the one who has restrained himself, outwardly he let an so-called opportunity go. But when that yaqeen is there, he says, I lost nothing. I'm gaining the sweetness of iman in return. Allah Ta'ala has promised it. So our iman is in the unseen. So Rasulullah is giving us three aspects here which are all pertaining to strengthening this iman in the unseen. The first thing Nabi Salaam mentions that ma naqasad sadaqatum mim malin. That sadaqa never decreases wealth. Now, this is something that pertains to Iman in the unseen. Because a person has 10,000 rands and he's given away 1,000 rands in sadaqa. Now, he's counting it 10 times, he's only counting 9,000. He's putting it in the counting machine. The machine is telling him also 9,000. So he called the grand mufti of the country. You count it for me. Because the hadith says that sadaqah doesn't decrease wealth. But I gave 1,000 rands away. There's 9,000 left. 
So the Grand Mufti of the place will tell him that you are wanting to believe in what you can see. And there are many, many things which you believe in which you cannot see, but just that you don't want to extend this belief into what Allah and His Nabi Sallallahu have told you. The person goes to the doctor and the doctor says to him, you have sugar in your blood. So he says, you don't show me, I'm not going to believe it. I want to see the sugar in the blood. Where's sugar in the blood? I can only see blood here. He says, well, you can't see it. But it's there. So nobody debates with that doctor that till I don't see that sugar, I'm not going to believe what you're saying. He will pay the doctor for that diagnosis of his, then he'll go pay for the medication, and he'll pay for the insulin, and whatever else, and he's believing in something he hasn't seen. So like that, there are many, many things. So, the issue is to bring iman in the unseen, in what Nabi has told us. That that sadaqah can, will not decrease wealth. And on the other side, Allah Ta'ala is saying, يَمْحَقُ riba wa sadaqat. Allah Ta'ala uproots riba in interest. Uproots it. That this is something which will go completely destroy everything. Now the person had 10,000, he gave it on a loan. But on interest. Now it came back after one month, it came back 11,000. Now he's counting it 10 times, 20 times, but every time he's counting 11,000. He puts it in the machine also, the machine is telling him it increased. It was before 10, now it's 11. So he's saying, I don't believe in what he's told to me, that that riba will get uprooted. It increased. I had 10,000, now I've got 11. But if there's iman in the unseen, then he will discard what he can see. He will negate it. That Allah Ta'ala has said, Yamhaqullahu riba. Allah Ta'ala will uproot this interest. And this, this word uprooting, yamhaq, the message that it's giving, one is you say you chop the tree down. You chop the tree down, the trunk will still be sitting there. But you call, when you speak about uprooting the tree, that nothing remains, no traces remain of it. Allah Ta'ala is saying that that riba will uproot everything, the capital will go with it too. A person says, but I don't see it happening. So we are challenging Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala Himself clearly announces this challenge. Ya ayyuhalladheena amunu attaqullah wa dharu ma baqiya min riba in kuntum mu'mineen fa illam taf'alu fa'adhanu biharbin min Allahi wa Rasooli. Oh you believe, forsake this riba in interest entirely. And then further Allah Ta'ala says, if you, refrain, if you refuse to take heed, then beware of war with Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So there's a mindset that is being created with regards to this issue. That there should be a detestation in the heart. Like a person has a detestation for khinzir. If somebody says, speak something about a pig, he feels, he starts cringing, what is this person talking about? They don't want to hear the word also. And imagine somebody says that he's boasting about it, that I've got a very, very good contact with the owner of the pig farm. We are very close friends. You should never be anywhere close to the person. And on top of that, you're boasting about it. How many people talk very proudly about their association and relationship with the bank manager? So, what's the difference between the two? If this is haram, that is haram. 
and the warnings that have come on interest, that warning hasn't come on even khinzir. That is also totally forbidden. It's najisul ayn. It, every bit of it is totally najis, totally impure. And this too is totally impure. And the warnings that have come on interest haven't come on anything else. And yet many a person still feels proud about his relationship with the bank manager. I just pick up the... If I just call, he'll come running. There were many akabir that out of sheer necessity, now, like is the case, out of necessity a person has to use the bank in order to conduct his business, whatever the case is, to move, pay for his whatever his purchases are to receive his money. So out of sheer necessity, to that extent it's permissible. But to benefit from that institution in any way, this is a different matter altogether. One is trying, taking any interest that is totally out of the question, that is haram completely. But the other is benefiting in any way. There were many senior people out of total sheer necessity if they had to enter such a place they would be constantly engaged in istighfar they wouldn't even no matter what the condition would be wouldn't even take a sip of water in this place that this place whatever it is out of sheer necessity I've come but the lanat of Allah Ta'ala is descending every second year there's a consciousness the lanat of Allah Ta'ala is descending la'an Allahu akil riba wa mukilahu wa shahidayhi wa katibayhi that the lanat and the curse of Allah Ta'ala is on the one who gives interest, the one who takes interest, the one who witnesses the transaction, the one who records it. Now what is happening in that conventional bank all the time? So the lanat of Allah Ta'ala is descending all the time. So this is something that the mindset of a mu'min would be that like in the manner that he out of sheer necessity uses a toilet. Out of sheer necessity he uses a toilet. He never ever feels proud about the fact that he has a toilet in the house. Everybody knows he's got it. And he doesn't talk about it too. But out of necessity he uses it. This is no different. Out of sheer necessity, because of the situation and the way things have become in terms of conducting business and so on, person is transacting, let alone locally, transacting overseas and so on. So out of sheer necessity and for the sake of this security, he will use it. But the mindset must be that this is no different than like a person out of sheer necessity uses a toilet. And he is not proud in any way of having any association with the place or the people of the place. So this is a mindset that is being given. And Allah Ta'ala is speaking about this in the Quran Sharif. Allah Ta'ala uproots that riba. And Allah Ta'ala causes that sadaqa to grow. On the one hand, a person's eyes can see that that riba has increased from 10 to 11. And that sadaqah came from 10 to 9. But this is iman in the unseen. That he doesn't believe in what his eyes can see. He believes in what Allah and his Nabi Islam have said. So how it will increase, that is not our business. Allah's Nabi Islam has given us that clear verdict regarding it. In the Hadith Sharif it is mentioned... A person gives one little bit in sadaqah, one date. وَيُرْبِسْ sadaqat. Allah Ta'ala causes that sadaqah to increase. Allah Ta'ala nurtures it. And it keeps growing. 
And on the day of Qiyamah, a person will come and see mountains of good deeds. And he will want to know that where this came from. I don't remember doing this. And he'll be told that one date that you gave in the path of Allah Ta'ala in sadaqah to some person, Allah Ta'ala nurtured it because of the ikhlas with which it was done. So that ikhlas grew it. Like a person waters that plant, the ikhlas is that water. So it grew it to the point that it has grown to this level, mountains of good deeds. As-sadaqatu tutfi'u ghadabar rabb. Sadaqah cools the anger of Allah Ta'ala. In other words, the azab, it withholds the azab. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, treat yourself. In other words, a person is sick. So, it is sunnah to undertake ilaj, to undertake treatment, medical treatment. But one treatment, treat yourself with sadaqah and dua. So we often resort to one part of the treatment only. No problem with that. Our yaqeen is not in the treatment, our yaqeen is in Allah Ta'ala alone. But it is sunnat. With the niyat of sunnat, the person will undertake the treatment of the doctor. He will take the medication, no problem. But the more effective treatment, the Bismillah is saying, treat yourself with sadaqah and dua. Often that is the last thing that we think about. When everything else has failed, nothing seems to be doing anything, any having any effect. Now the person either starts going to somebody, please make dua. Or now it comes to his mind, let me make dua. Whereas that should be the starting point. Dua, sadaqa, and now treatment. Dua, sadaqa, and then treatment. Because our iman is non-seen. So in any case, Nabi Islam is saying, ma naqasad sadaqatun min malin. Sadaqa never decreases wealth. It increases wealth. There are many, many incidents in this regard. There is no time to go in those, into those details. But many times this becomes very, very clear and apparent. Hazrat Ali ta'ala on one occasion, some beggar came, so he inquired what is there. So there was one dirham, only one dirham left. So he said, bring that one dirham. He took that one dirham and gave it away. So now, Hazrat Fatima said, there is no food also for the children. You gave that one dirham away also. So he said, don't worry about it. After a while, somebody came, with a gift. So, he counted it, it was 10 dirhams. So Allah Ta'ala has already showed his promise. Allah Ta'ala says, that one good deed a person does, Allah Ta'ala rewards it 10 times the like thereof. There's the one dirham, go and give this to your mother. Allah Ta'ala has already sent the 10. But, it is not necessary, it will always be so dramatic. But it is there for reality. So in any case, this is the first aspect. مَا نَقَصَتْ صَدَقَةٌ مِنْ مَالٍ Then Nabi Islam says, وَمَا زَادَ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا بِعَفْوٍ إِلَّا عِزًّا Allah Ta'ala increases a person's respect on the basis of forgiveness. Outwardly, if somebody has done something to us, somebody has belittled us, somebody has been mean to us, so outwardly, it seems that since this person belittled me, he lowered me, he demeaned me, so now I will have to elevate myself. And how? I will have to take revenge. So I will show him I am one better. You thought you were up high and mighty, and you made me downtrodden, so I can be one better than you. So I will now take revenge and show you I can be better, I can be higher. 
So by taking revenge, I've elevated myself. That is what our mind tells us. That is what our eye can apparently see. I became high and mighty. Whereas Rasulullah is saying, the one who has a heart to forgive, Allah Ta'ala elevates him. Now one is our eyes, our mind, our thoughts, our faculty, our reasoning, our logic. But this is the test of Iman. Iman in the unseen. What Nabi Salaam is saying to us? He is saying your izzat will increase. Do it for Allah Talabat. And with the open heart forgive. Now, outwardly till that revenge is not taken, a person feels that I am down. And therefore that carries on working within him. He is now being agitated from within. That When will I get my opportunity to get my own back? And on the other side, if that iman in the ghayb, in the unseen is strengthened, then first he will look in the life of Rasulullah Allah's Nabi what was his life? Man nafsihi abada. He never ever took revenge for himself. Never took revenge for himself. Personally, somebody did something to him, somebody said something to him. That famous saying in some of the ash'ar, I don't know the couplet properly, but the wording is something close to it. Jisne kante dale, unke unko phool diya. Those who threw thorns in his path, them also he gave them flowers in return. That was his way. Those who swore at him, he gave dua to them. Those who hurt him, he made ihsan on them. So, Nabi Salaam is saying, وَمَا زَادَ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا بِعَفْوٍ إِلَّا عِزًّا when a person forgives, Allah Ta'ala increases his respect and honor. We discussed perhaps previously the incident of Imam Abu Hanifa Rahmatullah But it is so full of lesson for us that if we listen to it and speak about it a hundred times also will be still less. Where a person in the middle of a gathering, he comes and he slaps Imam Abu Hanifa Rahmatullah Can we imagine the scene? The Imam of the time, person like Somebody comes and slaps the Imam of the Haram. Can you imagine what a scene this is? And in the middle of a gathering, one is something privately outside. In the middle of a gathering, Imam Hanifa looks at him and addresses him and he says to him that if you, you have hit, hurt me, if I take revenge and I hit you to the extent you have hit me, I'm entitled to it. An eye for an eye. I'm entitled to it, but I won't do that. If I wish, I can ask my friends to take revenge on my behalf. I won't do that also. I'll be entitled to it, but I won't do that also. If I wish, I can ask the Qazi, go and lay a complaint with the Qazi, and ask the Qazi to now take revenge on my behalf. You hit me, so he must now take retribution. I will be entitled to that too, but I won't do that also. If I wish, I can curse you in return. I can make lanat upon you because you hurt me. And I won't be doing something that is out of my limits. That too is within my limits. But I won't do that also. If I wish, I can leave it for the day of Qiyamah. On that day when every person will be waiting for every good deed he can get. And on that day, if I leave it for that day, I will get your good deeds in return. That day there won't be any rants and sins. 
There won't be any pounds and dollars. The currency of that day will be amal. I will take all your good deeds. But I won't leave it for that day also. Then he says, if Allah Ta'ala, inshallah, gives me jannat and gives me the permission to intercede on behalf of anybody else, I will intercede on your behalf and take you to jannat. Now today, Imam Hanifa Rahmatullah passed away in 150 Hijri. So 150 Hijri, and this is now 14 centuries later, almost. And we are sitting and in awe we are discussing this. Is this not the manifestation of this wording of this Hadith Sharif? That a person who forgives, has a heart to forgive, Allah Ta'ala increases Izzat. 13 centuries, 14 centuries later, that Izzat is still being spoken about. Aisha Siddiqah, what difficulty had come upon her when the Munafiqeen slandered her? And some Sahaba got somehow caught up in this, which is a very big lesson for us. They didn't deliberately wish to slander her or anything. But they just got caught up in it that somebody said something without realizing or verifying what the truth is. Without realizing that this is a slander, this is false. They happened to start passing it on to the next person. And as a result they got caught up in it. One of them was Hassan bin Sabit radiallahu ta'ala And later on he was punished as well for this. When an entire ruku of the Quran Sharif was revealed. Highlighting the purity and the great honor of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. And after the whole incident, over a month went in this whole issue. For one month, Wahi hadn't come regarding the matter. And as Aisha was through extreme pain, she couldn't eat a morsel, couldn't drink a sip. She became totally ill when she heard that this is a slander going on around her, about her. And what would her parents have gone through? What would Nabi Islam have gone through? And now in any case, eventually the whole matter got cleared. Years later, Hassan bin Sabit now once comes. He has come to inquire something, some masala, which used to be a common thing. Behind the parda, the sahaba would come because she had that knowledge. They would inquire about deen. So she gave the instruction to whoever the people were that seat him with honor, with respect. So somebody objected to this. This person? You forgot what he did? You forgot all the whole history? What pain he put you through? What is her spontaneous reply? إِنَّهُ كَانَ يُنَافِحُ عَنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم. That he used to defend Nabi وسلم with his poetry. When the mushrikeen used to say hurtful poetry against Nabi وسلم. He was a poet of a caliber of his own. Nabi وسلم would sometimes bring the mimbar forward and put him onto the mimbar and make him sit on the mimbar and say poetry against the mushrikeen in defense of Nabi وسلم. So she is raising that. Forget about what he did. Forget about all that. That's all past and bygones are bygones. Remember the good he has done. He used to defend Nabi Islam. That's the only thing I'm focusing on. I got nothing else in my mind and heart. Why are you raising something else? We are talking 14 centuries later about this incident with that awe, with that amazement that after all this and this heart, this heart of gold, but that izzat is still there up to today. This is the izzat. This is real izzat. The artificial izzat that we try to get in various ways, 
that is really artificial. When a person is hungry, no matter how nice that fruit looks, but if it is artificial, when he's hungry, he's going to cast it aside. And if somebody brings it and tells him that, look, this is fruit, eat it, he'll be very upset. Because artificial things got no reality in it. He'll regard it as a great insult you're giving me this. So these are the type of artificial things that we try to enhance our izzat with. Whereas that is not izzat. Izzat is in having this heart. And Nabi Salaam is saying, Uma Zadallahu Abdan bi'afwin illa izza. This is this is what requires this is a person who is a man. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala speaks about men. Rijalun la tulhihim tijaratu wala bayun and dikrilla wa ikami salawa ita is zaka. Yahafuna yoman tatakalabu fihil kulubu al absar. Allah Ta'ala says, real men. They are those who are not made unmindful of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala by as a result of business and as a result of trade and commerce. There are people who have this fear of the akhirat. They are real men. They have this iman in the unseen. They believe in every word of Rasulullah with that higher level of yaqeen. So, ma zadallahu abdan bi'affin illa izzan. Wa ma tawadaa ahadun lillah illa rafa'ahu Allahu azza wa jal. Nabi Salaam says that the one who lowers himself for Allah wa ta'ala, humbles himself, but not for any other reason, not for any other motive. For the sake of dunya, many people humble themselves. For the sake of dunya, many people humble themselves totally. As one person, he says, for business, for business you must be prepared to call a donkey also your father. He says, don't worry, you my father. It's a donkey, but in order to make money out of it, you must say, you my father. In other words, become so humble, you made yourself the son of a donkey also. But that's only the humility of money. And as soon as he realizes nothing is coming out of here, he says, you're a total donkey, please get out of here. So that kind of humility is for, that is for dunya. That no humility is not what is being spoken about. Or humility for some other motive. Now the person he sees behind him, or whichever the masjid that he's going to now, the person that he is intending to propose to that person's daughter, he is a musalli in that masjid. Maybe he never met him also. Now he's looking at everybody. Maybe he's this person. So he's so humble with everybody. He doesn't even know who it is. So any person, he says, maybe it's him now. I'd rather be very humble. Because he'll say, no, I don't want a proud and haughty son-in-law. So now he's suddenly so humble with everyone. But that humility, that humility is for a motive. That humility is not for Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. The humility that is for Allah Ta'ala alone and the humility that is for Allah Ta'ala alone is normally tested on the spot. Out of the blue. When something just happens and a person out of the blue is tested. Somebody said something to him. Somebody did something. So that time what comes out? Beforehand to prepare the very very eloquent speech about how humble I am. Very easy. You can go on to Google and get some uh, maybe some wonderful one-liners and so on to, of how to express humility. And then after that whole speech of humility, somebody just a few minutes later says something which is hurtful. That whole speech of humility just fizzles out into thin air. You don't know who am I? Who you think you're talking to? All this while you say, you're nobody. So I'm talking to nobody. He says, no, I'm somebody. Don't think I'm nobody. 
So the humility must be for Allah Ta'ala alone. Nabi Islam says, the one who humbles himself for Allah Ta'ala alone, Allah Ta'ala will elevate him. In the lives of our Kabir, we find that this was something which they lived, that lesson that Nabi Islam taught. That Nabi Islam displayed and he taught, our Kabir lived that lesson. Hazrat Masha Shah Muhammad Ahmad Sahab, Ahmad Shah Sahab was his name, he was a murid of Hazrat Gangoi Rahmatullah. So once he said to Hazrat Mawlana Ihtishamul Hassan Sahab, Mawlana Izhar Sahab, who used to be in the Merkaz in Raiwin, his brother, elder brother, so he said to him that I've been invited in a certain place to come and lay the foundation of a masjid. So I'm going all the way there. I want you to accompany me. And I want you to lay that foundation. So firstly, he asked him to come along. He was invited. Why I want you to lay it? Now he's thinking of himself that I am nobody. Who am I? And I'd rather take somebody else. My evil must not become mixed up in this. In any case, they went along. Now he's an old elderly person. He's a young person. As they now are embarking on the journey, so the teaching of Nabi Islam is that if they take undertaking a journey, then one person must be made the Amir of that group that is traveling. For whatever the purpose of the journey may be, one person should be made the Amir, otherwise Shaitan is the Amir. So immediately told him, You the Amir of this journey. Now they are on the way. When they stopped wherever they had to come to, he was suddenly afflicted with very severe running stomach. So they were on the train in Faxal. And his habit was that he used to never miss his tahajjud. But now that day, he is repeatedly going to the toilet. So on the journey every night, he used to wake up at a certain time. Now this other Allah was with him. He told him, look, today you are not well. You made me the Amir. I am giving you the instruction that tonight you sleep now. You don't make your tahajjud tonight because you are not well. So he didn't say anything, he kept quiet. Now again, he's a senior person. And he didn't take any offense. Now this way, this person, I made him the Amir. And now he's really uh, wielding his authority around here. He kept quiet, left it. Late in the night when it's about one hour left for tahajjud time to expire. My Ihtisham Sahib is sleeping, he can feel somebody is pressing his leg. So his eyes open, so this Maulana Ahmad Shah Sahib is sitting and he's pressing his leg to wake him up actually. But he is crying uncontrollably. So he asked him, what is the problem? So he said, the problem simply is this, that for the past 58 years, I haven't missed my tahajjud one day. But you have given me the instruction, you are the Amir. I have to also obey the Amir. So I can't do something against your command. So therefore I am asking for permission, please permit me to perform my tahajjud. Now who can do this? Only that person who has that tawazu. Number one, you say this person where this young Turk came from, I made him the Amir, and now he wants to become so high and mighty, he is giving big, big instructions now. Now he said, I can't even do anything against the command of the Amir, but at the same time, I want your permission, please, I don't want to miss my tahajjud tonight also. He says, please do, do go ahead. Whatever you have decided, by all means go ahead. He is so perplexed that subhanallah, this, in this condition, 
the severe illness in this journey, but he doesn't want to miss his tahajjud also. Any case, now they come to the destination. So, when they come to the destination, now the day came that they had to go to that function, that program. So, when they come to that point, this Mawlana Shah Ahmad Saab, Ahmad Shah Saab, whatever his name was, he goes away down into where they had to lay that foundation and he lays the foundation himself. Then he comes out. In any case, whatever was meant to be done was done. And when they returned to where they were spending the day, the night, wherever they were stationed, so now this small, the Sham Saab asks him, you <coughs> brought me all the way from home on this note that you wanted me to lay the foundation. Now when we came here, you went and laid it. I can't make head and tail of this. So he replied and said that yes, I brought you for that purpose. And that was my intention. I didn't want that this becomes my, my bad becomes mixed up in this great task that is going to start. <coughs> but when we got to the point, I saw that the trench was very deep. And whoever is going to go down will have to go down in there. They wanted that to be laid right in there. So I immediately decided I'm already an old person. If I fall and something happens, I'm already on my way out. You are a young person. You have got a lot of khidmat of deen still to do. And Allah Ta'ala take a lot of work from you. I feared that if you fall, all this might get jeopardized. So therefore rather let me take the risk. I don't put you into the risk. So therefore I volunteered to go away quickly. Now all these thought processes that go behind these actions, these things don't happen just because a person decided on the spur of the moment something. This is actually something that's emanating from deep down. And it's emanating only from the sifat of tawazu. A person regards himself as nobody, as nothing. I am nobody, I go to follow the Amir. I am nobody, I can't go, how can I go and lay that foundation? Somebody else must do it rather. But now they invited me, they asked me to come, so now out of courtesy I'll go, I'll take somebody else along. Now the time came, I rather risk myself, I'm a nobody, rather preserve this person, he is somebody. All these thoughts, and happening on the spur of the moment, this can only emanate out of the depth of that tawazu, out of that humility, when the very heart is filled with humility. And this is something that needs to be brought into our lives, to learn humility, to humble ourselves, let alone humbling ourselves in front of others, to start off with humbling ourselves in front of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. And then humbling ourselves in front of those whom Allah Ta'ala has commanded us to humble ourselves. Totally humble yourself in front of your parents. To humble ourselves in situations. Every person wants to always prove his point. The wife wants to prove her point. The husband wants to prove his point. And at the end of the day, both get totally, that points become so sharp, that both get so injured with those points, that now the recovery period is another problem. Because everybody wants to show their point, prove their point. But that humility, that is the way to go. Yes, there are certain things, forgiveness, humility, there are certain things which are, recoverable rights, by all means, if it's recoverable within the limits of Shariat and deen, in a dignified manner, a person then pursues a recoverable right if he wants to. To forgive is a higher thing. But where some statements were made, something is said to us, the wife said something now, suddenly the whole 
world has come to an end. The husband says something, the whole world has come to an end for that wife. And Allah forbid sometimes, a person is not talking to his parents, my father said this to me. My mother said this to me. So, what level have we stooped down to? So, Nabi Islam is saying, the one who humbles himself, Allah wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala will elevate him. Now again, this incident happened probably over 100 years ago. Over 100 years ago, we're talking about this tawazu today. This is that Allah Ta'ala elevates a person who humbles himself for Allah Ta'ala. So this is that iman in the unseen. To the extent we develop this iman in the unseen, to that extent, everything in deen will become easy. That forgiveness will become easy. That tawazu will become easy. That sadaqah will become easy. And to give up sin will become easy. To fulfill all the commands of Allah will become easy. To adopt the sunnah of Rasulullah will become easy. So the thing that is required is developing this iman in the unseen. This requires we keep ourselves in the environments of deen, listening to the talks of deen, the talks of Allah and His Rasul going out in the path of Allah Ta'ala, where this iman and yaqeen is constantly being revised. Being in the company of those who have this strength of iman in the unseen, this rubs off. And in this way, we'll find deen becoming pleasurable. Because to the extent this iman in the unseen increases, deen not just only becomes easy, it becomes enjoyable. Like a person knows at the end of the month, to a point that salary at the end of the month is unseen, he hasn't seen it. And many a times it happens that the end of the month came, the person said, we closed shop, we got nothing. We going our way, you going your way. How many people it happens? Sometimes a person worked one month, two months, he says, I still didn't get paid. But he's got certain level of iman in that unseen. At the end of the month, the salary will come. So now he's slogging the whole month for it. So now what made it easy for him to wake up early in the morning, sun or rain or hail or whatever? But he's present. Because otherwise I'll lose out. So there's a kind of iman in the unseen there also. So when there's iman in the real unseen, this is dunya. Then it makes not deen only easy, it makes it enjoyable. It makes it pleasurable. It makes it a means of comfort and serenity and peace in this dunya. And what a person will get in akhirat is beyond our imagination. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi 
محمد رسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہ اللہ جل جلاله عم نواله اللہ 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 کی سا پیارا نام ہے عاشق و کامینہ اور جام ہے اللہ اللہ کی سا پیارا نام ہے عاشق و کامینہ اور جام ہے آہ راجز آسما ہمدم نبود راز را غیر خدا محرم نبود آہ راجز آسما ہمدم نبود راز را غیر خدا محرم نبود الہی ای بندرا رسوا مکن گھر بدم من سر من پیدا مکن الہی ای بندرا رسوا مکن گھر بدم من سر من پیدا مکن ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آجا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آجا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی مٹا دے اپنی ہستی کو چھوڑ دے ساری بستی کو بستی بستی کہتا جا اللہ 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 محمد رسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہم انکا الحمد کلہو ولک الشکر کلہو اللہم لا نحسی ثنان علیک انتکما اثنیت علی نفسک 
جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله ربنا وغلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت العز الاكرم اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان وامتنا على الايمان واحشرنا يوم القيامه مع الايمان اللهم طهر قلوبنا من النفاق واعمالنا من الرياء والسنتنا من الكذب واعيننا من الخيانه فانك تعلم خائنه الاعين وما تخفي الصدور ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قره اعين واجعلنا للمتقين اماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الابرار ربنا واتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه انك لا تخلف الميعاد اله العالمين يا الله مسمسفل الله مسكين غريشس الله اله العالمين يا الله we are begging forgiveness for our sins ya allah اله العالمين this is our greatest need ya allah اله العالمين we have everything we don't have your pleasure we got nothing ya allah اله العالمين we have your pleasure we have everything ya allah ya allah out of your grace and mercy ya allah you forgive us ya allah ya allah you become happy with us ya allah ya allah you become happy with us ya allah ya allah you become happy with us ya allah ya allah koi tujhse kuch koi kuch mangta hai ilahi main tujhse talabgar tera ilahi main tujhse talabgar tera ya allah people are asking for everything else ya allah ya allah we are begging from you for you ya allah ya allah you become ours ya allah you make us yours ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah for too long we have become the people of nafs and shaitan ya allah ya allah for too long we have obeyed nafs and shaitan ya allah ya allah you make us your true servants ya allah ilahu alamin make us the true ummatis of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya allah let us live the path of the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya allah save us from all the fitna and fasad ya allah remove all the evils from our hearts ya allah ya allah grant us all the good qualities ya allah give us all the qualities of iman ya allah ilahu alamin grant us the qualities of forgiveness ya allah ya allah give us the quality of tawazu and humility ya allah ilahu alamin fill our hearts with taqwa ya allah ya allah fill our hearts with ikhlas ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah you enable us to fulfill all the commands of deen ya allah save us from every sin ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah all those who are sick give them shifa kamila ajila mustamira daima Allah, all those who are in any kind of difficulties and hardships ya allah you remove their difficulties ya allah throughout the world wherever the ummah is suffering ya allah remove their difficulties ya allah ya allah remove the oppression from the ummah ya allah ilahu alamin all those who have passed away ya allah fill their qabrs with noor ya allah make their complete maghfirat ya allah raise their stages in the akhirat ya allah ya allah the time of our death take us with the kalima la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah ya allah take us on iman kamil ya allah take us on tawbah an nasuh ya allah ilahu alamin fill our qabrs with noor ya allah ilahu alamin make our قبر الجاردنز اوف جنه فاس يا الله راندس الشفاعات اوف رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا الله جيف اس جنه الفردوس وذاوت اني ريكنين يا الله يا الله يو ذا نو اوف ذا انسين يا الله يا الله يو ذا يو نو وات از ايتش بيرسنز هارت يا الله وات از ايتش بيرسنز كراي يا الله وات از ايتش بيرسنز نيد يا الله يا الله فولفول ايتش ونز نيدز فروم ذا غيب يا الله يا الله فولفول ايتش ونز نيدز اوت اوف يور غريس اند ميرسي يا الله ريموف ايتش ونز ديفيكولتيز اند هاردشيبس يا الله ران عافيه تو ون اند اول يا الله اله العالمين يا الله جراند ذا بيست اوف دنيا اند ذا بيست اوف اخرتي يا الله اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك من نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك من نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين